Hello, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of my Implications of Deem podcast. On this episode, we welcome my international political economy teacher, Lev Moscow. Let's jump right into it. With, with Deem being a stable coin, which could take away a lot of power from the central banking system, mm-hmm. I'm wondering your thoughts on how this might just give Facebook such an immense amount of power that, you know, they just yeah, can't trust I, it anymore. And that's why so many people are st- sticking up against it and they just don't want it to happen because they're not willing to risk it. So I think it, what is concerning about a Facebook um, crypto is that um, if there is a, a proverbial sort of run on the currency, um, Facebook will need to be bailed out. And the question is, you know, when it's a central bank, governments can always step in and bail out their own central banks. And in the fate, in the question, if, you know, if the question is um, which government would step in if there is a, a run on, on the currency, if the currency starts to collapse, in other words. And that's not clear. It could be that a number of countries come together and make some kind of agreement that they will step in and, and bail um, Facebook out or bail the currency out. But I think that they would be, it'd be very difficult to get that co- kind of coordination. And, you know, you may be having a billion people holding these, these coins. And, and that would mean that these people are spread out around the world and that those governments around the world would have to decide, you know, who's left holding the bag so i think that's the biggest concern um the privacy stuff you know is always an issue with facebook but i'm the the people that i've spoken to about this are most concerned about what the backstop is yeah and and that's one of my concerns too because what is making any government inclined to to bail facebook out why wouldn't they just say hey i don't you, you, you made this coin and it, it, it failed, something went wrong with it. That's not my problem. Everyone should be using yeah. the state's uh, currency. Like yeah, yeah. I, I think that the reason states would step in is because you'd have real people, real citizens and real businesses tied to this. And so, for example, if people put their savings, like let's say it's somebody in India, they put their savings into this Facebook coin and that collapsed, then I think there'd be a lot of political pressure for governments to step in and, and bail the citizens out. I think that would be there that would be the pressure. Uh, and has there ever in throughout human history and your knowledge, has there been any kind of like privatized money where a corporation tries? Could could you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so there has been, it used to be that that banks, individual banks issued their own money. And so we see this in Renaissance Italy. It used to be then that states issued their own money. Um, So just to give a little bit of background into why you you might want to have a federalized system. So let's say New York State and Connecticut had two different currencies. Um, Every time that a business wanted to do, let's say I wanted to sell my cookies. I'm in New York. I want to sell my cookies across state lines in Connecticut. I would have to I would have to get Connecticut currency to do they yeah. couldn't use mine, right? And so they would they would either have to get mine or I'd have to get theirs, but there'd have to be some kind of um, exchange. 
and that is really expensive. And I also don't know, I, I want to be able to, if I'm, in, if I'm selling tens of thousands of pounds of cookies, I want to be able to make a contract with the purchaser in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And I don't know at any given time what the value of my currency will be in relation to their current. And so in order to have some kind of um, planning, be able, to, be able to have planning, you want to be able to, it's nice to have one common currency. So the hope is with a common currency that trade will increase and everybody will get richer. Ultimately, um, the problem with a common currency, like, and you're seeing this with the European Union today, is that when you have one common currency, by definition, you have to have one central bank. Mm -hmm. And as we know, the central bank plays a role in trying to figure out how much money supply should, there should be. So if the economy is not doing great and you want, and it's maybe a little sluggish and you want to get it going, you might lower interest rates to allow for there more, to be more currency. The larger the common currency area, the less precise the monetary policy. In other words, some parts of the area might be well served by the monetary policy. Other parts might need more money or less money floating around, depending on what's going on with inflation. And so, you know, there's always this tension over how big your common currency area should be. So the smaller it is, the more accurate the monetary policy, but the less trade that can happen with other areas. The larger it is, like the United States, well, the more trade that can happen. The problem is, is that a place like Michigan, which has been, parts of Michigan have been depressed for the last 40 years, uh -huh. they might need maybe a looser monetary policy. So one of the issues with Facebook being a global central bank is it'll be really tough for them to figure out, you know, just how much of the currency should be in circulation. When you say that, it seems very hard to trust a corporation with Facebook with the history of the misuse of user data with becoming something like a central bank, which it seems like now some people don't even trust the central bank. So if they don't even trust the central bank, how are they going to trust Facebook. How, how do you think it? What, what you just said ties into Deem being a stable coin that's backed by the U.S. dollar. How does that? I, I feel like that adds another layer of com complexity to things, because the monetary policy of the U.S. dollar is going to affect the the buying power of the Deem coin. Yeah, I'm not sure how Deem. You know, I don't think it'll just be backed by the US dollar. What I understand is that it, there's going to be a basket of currencies. Yeah, it's, it's a basket of currencies and like uh, bonds and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know how that's going to play out. Um, look, I think the, the, the two biggest questions or concerns will be around, you know, if there's a if there's a crisis or run on the currency, then who who ends up bailing out Facebook or the currency. Um, and the second one, I think is just gonna be a challenge for Facebook about you know, monetary policy. Uh, I think the, it, it, that leads to a bigger question of like, you know, sort of what is Facebook? What's the purpose of the company? Um, should, I think you're asking, should a company become a central bank? Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I think it's gonna be a difficult task for Facebook if, if they do it now, Facebook's argument is a good one. I mean, their argument is there are 
lots of people in the, around, the, around the world who are poor and don't have access to banks. They're unbanked. And essentially, they'll be able to bank with, with Facebook. They'll be able to keep their money in a, a wallet on the Facebook yeah. system, which, you know, it, it's true that you need to bank more people. Um, I think, again, it kind of goes back to the question of who is guaranteeing, you know, in the United States, when depositors put their money into a bank, there's the FDIC and you're insured up to $250,000. So if something happens to that bank, ultimately the government will, will give you your money back. Now, the bank's you know, pay into the FDIC fund, uh-huh. and and that's how it's that's how it's funded. Uh, Could Facebook enter that FDIC fund or something similar? I mean, it's it's a really good question. Does Facebook essentially become a, a a bank? And I think you know maybe, but if this currency is going to be a global currency, then I think then you have lots of governments having to be on the hook for that insurance. Yeah, and then so after all that backlash that they got they've created the deem association which is um, if you think it's 20 20 companies and people that are the official like controllers of medium so now technically facebook is not is like 120th in control and not 100 percent in control but it kind of seems like hogwash to try to trick the consumer into thinking that there's an extra level of removal for facebook I am wondering if you think that that's a legitimate move or is if it's as um, giving, like, as they're giving up, if they're giving up as much power as they're making it out to seem. Yeah, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what the role of those companies is ultimately going to be. My, it's like creating a world, it's like creating a world government like a global bank of some of the biggest corporations in the U.S. It's kind yeah, of, no, I, I saw I saw that some of the corporations who who were listed um, in the press release sort of said uh, they 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 backed away a little bit from the project and sort yeah. of said you know we're not sure you know what our engagement level is going to be, but I think that um, you know we can think about the bigger picture about what Facebook is trying to to do. You know, I think. The vision is this, and, and Zuckerberg has talked about it, right? Is this metaverse. Yeah. But this, and this plays into it perfectly. Yeah. And you're going to be able to have a virtual world where people live and shop and learn and work. Um, and I think the hope is that this will be the currency of that virtual world. Um, or maybe there'll be a variety of currencies in this virtual world. Right now, there are a lot of coins being manufactured, um, competing coins that will, you know, with the hope is that they will be used in the virtual world. You can buy property with these coins, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, it remains to be seen. I mean, it's very much up in the air which of these coins, if any of them at this point, would be adopted into this into this world, which is really just beginning to take off. Um, but I think that that's Facebook's goal. I have no idea what will happen, obviously. But my my guess is that something something like the metaverse is 
is going to happen. And you know, I think, that I, I think it's inevitable. You know, we're going to be living, we're going to be interacting with that world um, a relatively short period of time. So there will be coins that we'll use in that world. And that probably won't be dollars. They'll probably be crypto. Um, I think the questions you're asking about Facebook, though, will be just as applicable to any of the other coins in that world. So for example, if we're if there are virtual banks set up in this virtual world, somebody is going to have to um, have insurance on those deposits. I, I, I presume some some government, but I, I don't know how that will be how that will be um, handled. Um, do you think that there's any chance that we're leaving this like fiat era and entering like a crypto standard, kind of similarly to how around fifty years ago we left the gold standard? Mm -hmm. No, I don't think so. I think that there's going to be a need for governments to, to ensure these, these currencies and I think to regulate these currencies. I, I do think people will be using, you know, crypto in the, in the metaverse or whatever we call it in these virtual worlds. But I, I think even in the next few years, it's going to be, have to be a lot more regulation because governments just, you know, you can't have lots of people um, using currency that's that's not, uh, and, and most fundamentally depositing their money into bank accounts, whether they're virtual or not, that are, that are not being backstopped or insured by the government. Yeah, so what, what do you think some of the next steps should be for the government and the regulatory actions that they could take to help allow cryptocurrency to flourish and help humanity the best that it can well yeah i mean i think that the first thing that'll have to happen is it's gonna have to be a lot easier um to report crypto earnings it's very complicated right now in the united states to report your crypto earnings so it's going to have to be you know for example companies like coinbase are going to have to just like when you have your money in fidelity and you have your money invested in you know in the stocks in, in, in fidelity um you know every year fidelity shows you that you can print out a form that you can um send to the government that basically says how much you've made or lost that year yeah um, most of the crypto exchanges don't have anything quite like that yeah so, it's actually it's extreme i i've there's some things that i'm just completely in the dark about because it doesn't even say the price that i purchased them at or anything yeah and it's, it's also really very very difficult for the government right now to figure out because many of these coins are, are basically anonymous. It's really hard for them to know who bought what coins when. And the when matters quite a lot because you're either paying um, short-term capital gains or long-term capital gains. And the, the difference is substantial. So I think one, there's just gonna have to be a whole lot more clarity in, in, terms, of, in terms of tax law. I think that a lot of these coins are scams. And so there's going to have to be a lot more regulation on what kind of coins can be on these exchanges. I think that there's going to have to be insurance on these exchanges. So if the insurance, if the exchanges get hacked, you know, um, maybe the government insures them, um, or maybe these exchanges are. Um, obligated to buy insurance um, to make to make the customers whole again. Um, you know, one of the things that happens with a lot of these small coins in particular, 
are are pump and dumps, right? So yeah. that people have some kind of um, communication on WhatsApp or Signal, and you know, oftentimes you can you can pay to be part of these groups, and they'll say, okay, we are going to pump right now for the next two hours. It's very very small coin, and the price goes up by a thousand percent. And lots of people see the coin, uh, you know, the value going up, people buy in and then like a Ponzi scheme, it all tumbles once the people in the know start to sell. And that can happen in a matter of minutes. It can go down to, you know, zero, the value for these some of these coins. Um, because I think that the, it, the bottom line is there isn't a lot of use value for the vast, vast majority of these coins. That's not to say that, um, to go back to your question about, you know, for the good of humanity, I think some of these coins might be good for humanity, but, um, I mean, we're talking right now um, about a handful, but there are thousands of coins and most of them don't do anything at all. Adding on to that, I 100% agree with you. And I think that in a few years, there's going to be a few staples and 99.99% of the projects out now are going to be at zero. I mean, per yeah. particularly, I think just the fact that um, Ethereum has so many projects being built on it already, and it's they're working on improving its flaws with the transition to Ethereum 2. I, I think that that might have the most potential, but also it felt like every single day in international political economy, I was reading more and more about how crypto the cryptocurrency market was a bubble. And I realized that it probably was a bubble after reading all the Minsky and Greenspan and everything. Well, I, I will say this. Um, I think that, you know, my feeling is that it's mostly a huge bubble. I think that there are probably some coins that are worth getting excited about, but let's say that there's one coin that's exciting, but then maybe there's some use. There are four or five others that can do the same thing or something very yeah. similar. So the question really is, how do you invest in a market where maybe there are four or five coins doing the same thing, but you know, one of them will hit or maybe none of them will hit. And I think that the strategy would be, well, you know, you try to read about what people are most excited about and you maybe put a little bit of money into some of these coins. Um, and if none of them hit, then that's fine. And if one of them goes to the moon, then you're in pretty good shape. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I'm, I'm looking right now at Masari and the website. And, you know, I'm looking at like the top 45 right now. And there are a few of these coins that I can tell you that I know that they, they do something or potentially it could be very useful. Like for example, there's this coin that looks very similar to Ethereum. It's a whole lot cheaper than Ethereum. It does something very similar, but it's cheaper. And so maybe people move to that coin, um, but you just don't know. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think nobody knows what's, what's gonna happen, but- um, It's just so hard because so much of this is speculation. It's all speculation right now, yeah. Yeah, I think that what is interesting about the PBA is to get into the question of um, what is currency for? Um, and ultimately, currency has to be a store of value, but also it has to be used in, in exchanging um, goods and services. And one of the problems with so much of crypto 
is that you, you can't actually use it or nobody does actually use it to buy goods or services. So while you can use Bitcoin to buy illegal things or to hide your money from the tax authorities. Yeah, and there's always like one off story of the guy like that bought pizza with Bitcoin. Yeah, right. But that was at the very beginning. Um, no, nobody would really use it for that now. And, you know, you see that happening in El Salvador where the president of El Salvador, you know, wants to, has already made Bitcoin um, an alternative currency, an official alternative currency for people. But, you know, look, Bitcoin's up by four and a half percent today. But over the last couple of days, it was it was down by seven percent. So, I mean, I think the the point is that a currency that moves that much is not much good um when you're trying to buy things with it and i so, mean that, that gives that does give the deem facebook coin a leg up because it's supposed to be tied absolutely. to the us dollar and have a stable value I, yeah. and i think that some of the people i know who've been most skeptical of this stuff interestingly enough in the last couple of months have come around to thinking that there's real use I, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that there's still use, but I also think that the technology is lagging behind the hype and the demand right now. And it's yeah. created like a broken, efficient market hypothesis where price mm -hmm. absolutely does not equal value. So yeah. the U.S. stock market is doing well today. I mean, it's up. I don't know what it is. This morning, the future, the futures market was like something like the half a percent. Uh -huh. And all of a sudden, Bitcoin's up by five percent and every, you know, all the coins are up by at least over two and a half percent today. Some of them are up by like a lot more, right? Yeah, Terra's yeah. up by 10%. So, okay, if the coins are supposed to be somewhat delinked from the market, like they're supposed to be a hedge against the market, like when the market, you know, like gold, usually when the market is down, gold is up. Well, what we're actually oh, seeing is that when the market is up, Bitcoin is up. And when the stock market's down, Bitcoin's way down. And so in a way, it's like, it's, it's amplified. Um, and that's the opposite of what, of what was supposed to be happening here. And I think maybe a couple of years ago, they were delinked and now they're no longer delinked. I, I, I find that super interesting because one of the main points in that uh, thesis that me and Alex are writing mm -hmm. is the rise of uneducated retail investors mm -hmm. as like, just like the, the, just like masses of irrational mm -hmm. actions. Mm -hmm. So yeah. many people on, you go on TikTok, YouTube, people believe they, they they say no i'm 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 not confident in the stock market but i'm holding all my crypto because crypto is a hedge against inflation right and then i comment i said what what makes crypto or bitcoin specifically a hedge against inflation mm -hmm. and i either get attacked mm -hmm. or no one has in it with, with no with no good counterpoint mm -hmm. because they seem they're just saying it it seems like they're saying it arbitrarily they're not basing it off of anything Mm -hmm. So it seems like there's a massive misconception that it is a hedge against, against things like inflation. It is a hedge. Yeah. It is a hedge against things like the stock market yeah. crashing. When I just do not think that that's true. Yeah, no. I, 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 there was just an article in the Financial Times yesterday about that, um, and basically saying the same thing you're saying, which is there's this misconception that um, it's a hedge against you know it's a hedge against the, the equities market and it's just not true and so then i was talking to a friend about it saying well if it's clear that it's not true why why does this misconception persist mm -hmm.